What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Two Kids on the Block podcast. Uh, I am your co-host, Kamei LaFontaine. And I'm your other co-host, Benjamin Wong. Joining us on this episode is the amazing Maya Parker. Maya, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. So can you uh, introduce yourself to the audience real quick? You know, 90 seconds, who you are, how you got started. Yeah, so my name is Maya Parker. I'm a 15-year-old artist and entrepreneur, or specifically an NFT artist and entrepreneur. And I've been investing and doing all these entrepreneurial things since I was 13, and I'm 15 now. Let's start there with stock trading at 13, you said. Yeah. What was the background behind that? What got you started? Yeah, so actually, I used to be a very much so a book nerd. I had read books with my sister having competitions. I read like one or two books every single night. So I learned a lot. And like you always say, like, follow your curiosities. I did that um, when yeah. I was reading a book about this. It was a fiction book, but this girl was talking about how for her birthday, her dad gifted her a stock. And so I was like, what is a stock? Because she said that she yeah. owns like a part of Coca-Cola. And I'm like, that's cool. Like I want to own yeah. Coca-Cola and tell everyone I own that. And so I followed my curiosity, asked my mom. She didn't really know. So we Googled it. And I just started to learn from YouTube and the internet what stocks were. And I documented my journey publicly. And so I was trash at stocks, but I learned publicly and showed everyone my process of me learning. And I did it on YouTube uh, and gained over 1,000 subscribers and met like-minded people who were learning. And uh, I met a lot of people who are now very successful, uh, way more successful than me by documenting publicly. So I think it's very important to document publicly because one, you can get critiqued there. And so that's good. But also when you document publicly, like-minded people will meet you and you can grow together or people even potentially smarter than you and they can help guide you. And so I think that was... Like my success, I think, is docu- following my curiosities, like you say, and then documenting uh, the process publicly. And so that's what I've been doing. And so I met this like-minded person called Zachary Cox, and he started. we started to chat about our investments and stuff. And he got into NFTs. He made over 50 grand in NFTs really quickly. And he was like, my, you should get into NFTs. And so I decided to kind of figure out how to get into it. Um, but I never took, I never really took action until he gifted me an NFT August of 2021. So last year, and I started to learn how to try and value NFTs and all of that, because I was like, this is a stupid picture of a duck that's selling for a hundred dollars. I'm going to sell this. <laughs> like I'll accept the gift, yeah. and sell it. Um, but I decided to actually, when I was learning, like, what's the fair value of this? You know, I had my stock mindset and I was like, okay, I want to make sure I can get the most out of this dumb picture, um, the most money I can get. And so I tried to value it, tried to understand all the terms um, and all of that, like where to sell it, all of that, because I got gifted the NFT and I was trying to sell it. Uh, but I decided- Which NFT? Yeah, it was a Slacker Duck Pond. So it's a picture of a duck, but the NFT collection is called Slacker Duck Pond. And I still have mm-hmm. it, but yeah, so I tried to value, try to learn all that stuff and- I just was in the community active and decided not to sell it because I thought, wait, actually, these pictures may actually have some value and be better investments in stocks. And it seems more fun. So let me stick with this. And so I did that until I like kind of ran out of money to invest because I was trash at it. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, okay, I think I should kind of try and create um, in this world where everyone's making a lot of money just creating. I'm like, I'm an artist too. I've been doing art all my life. I think 
all of us have doodled before. And so I was like, okay, let me sell some of my doodles or art. It may be trash, but I don't know. People may like it. And so with encouragement from Zachary, I started January 1st of this year, 2022, selling my artwork as NFTs. And it made over like 10 grand in just a couple of months. So that's kind of my life wow. since then. What yeah. did you end up spending the $10,000 on? Did you reinvest it? Is it, is it sitting in the big account? Yeah, so I was dumb. I kind of regret this, but what I did was I kind of held it all in crypto. I put some in other places, stocks, ah. buying gifts for others, <laughs> oh. but I reinvested it into like some NFTs in crypto and flipping and investing. So yeah, so that's went down a whole bunch since then, but um, it's also, it's a learning lesson, honestly. I'd rather like mismanage my money now than having billions of dollars like Michael Seller mismanaging billions yeah, of dollars. Yeah. And now he's in the red, billions of dollars. Like, I don't know how his mental, I don't know how he's still, I don't know. That would just hurt me mentally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean. I, I don't really get that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy what's happening right now. And even what you were saying, like NFTs are so much more appealing to kids than even crypto or stocks like they they're super boring compared to nfts and every kid like you're saying they've doodled before like i've doodled before i'm not the best artist but i've doodled before and nfts have so many different things inside of them like play to earn games um nft gaming there's a thing for everyone and i really don't see why a kid wouldn't love nfts compared to crypto i mean i got back i got into crypto in 2017 when i was eight years old i'm 13 years old now and i've been doing it for quite a long time and when i saw nfts it's really like clicked with me because it's such a cool thing that you can just sell your art online, add some utility, and people will actually buy it just like you. You made money from it, and you were just like, oh, it's just probably uh, – people are probably not going to like it. It might it might not be that good, but you end up making money from it. And really, it's such a cool way for kids to be able to utilize their talents to potentially make money and grow a community, and that's why I love NFT so much. So um, my question for you would be – what was your biggest challenge when you were trying to upload NFTs? Did you get any hate from it? Did you, did you, did you have any problems with the tech? Did you, you know, you need some money to mint it? Like, how was it? How was that experience when you were first making them? I think I was in the community for months prior, maybe three to four months prior. So I kind of understood. I was, I am, like, I look at patterns a lot. I'm a math geek. I see patterns, and so I was able to figure out like what the steps I need to take to sell it. Which one, you know, you have to be where the community is because it's kind of like you can't. Your NFTs are not found on these eBay's for NFTs, which is OpenSea. It's not found there. Usually, it's found on Twitter or social media. So you have to be very active there. Um, engage as much as you can with people who will like want to support you and are like-minded kind of. So that's what I did. Got on Twitter Spaces and that's Twitter Spaces was like the secret sauce. Getting on Twitter Spaces and engaging with other people. Like there's one-on-one artist rooms. There's a lot of different things. Not shilling, not just like promoting my art and just saying buy my art or I have art out there, but no, engaging and then just talking about what I like and percentage of them will then find my Twitter profile, check it out percentage of those people will check out my art um, and then a percentage of them will buy it if they really like me. So that's what I did. And I just hustled hours and hours a day for maybe the first couple weeks selling it. But I guess a problem, a problem I had uh, was more not so like how to sell it and, and everything, but the best way to put my artwork out there. And so I was trying to find how can I create my own smart contract? But then I heard it costs like thousands of dollars. So I decided not to do that. So I used OpenSea, which allows you to make for maybe 
think fifty, a hundred dollars or so, and then you can sell, you can continue to sell your artwork and upload it and list it and all of that. So I did that, but then you know, one time OpenSea was like, uh, they tried to like prohibit creators from creating so much, um, where they could only have a couple collections and a couple items per collection. So I was like, okay, let me get back to this my own smart contract thing. And I really tried to, and then they, they reversed their, their decision because of the community was like, hated it. Um, and we're was like going to stop using OpenSea. And so, but anyways, I still was like, okay, I need to worry more about this. This could happen again. I don't want to have my, I don't want to have my success dependent upon something else like OpenSea. And so I decided to like learn how to do it. And so I tweeted out basically like, does anyone know how to create your own smart contract? I was like going to maybe invest a couple grand now that I've made 10 grand to do that. And so I decided to do that and I got retweets and likes. And then eventually someone told me about this platform called Manifold, which allows you to do basically the same thing with OpenSea, the same amount of fees and everything. So it's not like a difference in price, but you get to own your own smart contract. So you're not dependent upon something else. And a smart contract is basically just coding that allows that you own so like OpenSea doesn't own really all your nfts and all that if they if they fail you fail it's not like that um so i have basically my own and OpenSea, it's nothing to do with OpenSea. so OpenSea is just the way i list it um and get the most of the volume so that was my problem like how to create my own smart contract and not be dependent upon uh OpenSea or other parties like that Maya, what has been the reaction from your parents and family and even your friends of you? And, and even from the beginning in your stock trading, you lived a very interesting life, you know, and especially now doing NFTs, you made over 10 grand in NFTs, which is, which is a lot, you know, even like for an adult. What was, what's been the reaction from your family, friends? Yeah, I say at first, they're like, Maya, why are you doing this? It's a distraction from potential other responsibilities. And they were supportive, but they were like, they didn't understand it, didn't like want to understand it further. They're like, why are you trying to invest in NFTs? They're so volatile and all of that. Uh, stocks, they were very supportive, but NFTs, at first, they were kind of like most people. They were like, oh, that's cool, but I don't really care. <laughs> but it's cool for you. Um, but then eventually, once they realized I was making a lot of money doing it, and then for my aunt's birthday, I gifted her uh, a gift, a virtual gift card that I bought with crypto where she was able to buy her own shoes and those shoes she wears and she actually got. And so then it kind of clicked for them. NFTs, crypto is actually money. It's actually really cool. And they decided to kind of learn more about it to support me, but also because they saw like this is real. And so um, they were very, they were way more supportive after all of that, after they saw like the in real life things I could do with crypto. So they felt it was more real. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, there's that old saying that Kamea always says that um, first they laugh at you and then they, something like that. What, what was the quote, Kamea? I'm pretty sure it's like, First, they laugh at you, and then they start learning a bit more about you, and then you end up being right, and then they just you just leave them behind because I have that similar experience. I need to find the exact quote. Just try to just, like, first, they laugh at you. I always use this quote. Oh, I found it. It says, first, they laugh, then they join. I mean, then they hate, then they join. And that, I heard that yeah. at VCon. That was an amazing quote. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's literally what happened. A lot of the people that 
you know, in 2018, when one of my videos went kind of viral, and people were commenting, oh, so cringe. Now these people are trying to find out what crypto is. Now that's become a lot more generalized. And now they're trying to join the crypto movement. And, you know, I never really took the criticism as hate. I always tried to view it as constructive criticism, even if they're just calling me blatantly cringe <laughs> for making a video on Bitcoin or something. So, I mean, yeah, that's a very important thing to take in part. If you're doing something um, that no one else is doing, just keep doing. I think Gary Vee told you something similar to that at VCon, Ben. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, just stick with what you're doing because all the NFT kid artists, a lot of people think it's too late, but it's so, so very early. Like getting into Facebook, that's that's late. You're in the late adoption. And there's something called the bell curve where it's like, it's a curve of like the amount of people that get in. There's the early adopters. And then there's the, the laggards, which are like right at the back, just getting into it now. And we're still at the very early stage Crypto is like about like a little almost a general audience, but still pretty early. So yeah. if you ever think you're too late for NFTs, you are not, you are never too late to get into NFTs. Yeah, there's only like a couple hundred thousand people in NFTs and crypto or NFTs. So it's very early on. There's billions of people in the world. Also, I just think whenever there's a new technology, always explore it because as you can see, like every time there was a new technology, like the internet, computers, a lot of people didn't like it and they had a lot of flood and all of that. But then as you can see, it got adopted and now billions, billion dollar companies have been created using these uh, technologies. So there's a lot of value in new technologies and it's how it advances. The world is advanced by new technologies. And so whatever advances the world should be more valuable than what previously advanced it, if that makes sense. So always exploring new technologies. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like um, when Henry Ford, he made the uh, he made the car for the first time. People were yelling at him, get a horse and all that stuff. And he there's a famous quote by him where it says, if I had asked what the public wanted, they would have asked for faster horses. So that's basically saying that in order to innovate, you can't just take what the people want right now you have to innovate by thinking this could solve their problem by not actually doing it. Because if you would have asked someone in the 1900s, they would have just said, oh, I wish horses were faster. They would have never thought of a mechanical machine that would rely on to just drive you around. Like they would have never thought of that. And it's the innovators, the people making NFTs, making more utility NFTs that are building on it. And even though that there's so many um, critics criticizing on like all the environmental impacts of NFTs, um, all the um, bad impacts of it. Currently, when you get the smartest people, which there are hundreds of smart people in the world in NFTs, and they start working towards fixing these problems, they will solve these problems. I tell you that, like, they're going to solve these problems. And the critics are really just thinking about what's now. They won't think about what's going to happen in the near future, like decades, centuries from now. They're just thinking about like the problems right now, and they're going to solve them soon. Yeah, and most people are wrong when it comes to new technologies. It always has happened. So just think, what are most people saying? Do the opposite. That's probably one of those <laughs> things you can do. Yeah, it's like that quote where it's like, if everyone's going right, go left. So like you always have to stray a bit off the path in order to innovate and find new ways uh, to learn. So um, Maya, besides, besides NFTs, what do you like doing? What are some hobbies that you like? Yeah, so actually, I didn't mention, but I was able to explore NFTs and all of the investing entrepreneurial things more because at the same time that I first got into NFTs last year, 
um, I tore my ACL, which is like my left knee for when I was playing soccer. So I couldn't play soccer. I couldn't play track. Those are the two sports I play and I enjoy and I'm starting to get back to. But anyways, I had so much extra time. So I, I was able to explore those more um, because of that extra time cleared from what may have looked like a problem. But that also shows you everything happens for a reason. Um, but yeah, so I love soccer, track. Um, I love TikTok as well, but I'm trying to not get addicted to it like everyone else is. I'm trying to, you know, be a creator, not a consumer, but I create a little bit with my sister on TikTok. Um, so those are like the main things I like to do. TikTok, sports. I enjoy so many things, though, but those are other things other than NFTs, art, entrepreneurship. Oh, also acting. I really like acting and I've acted in a couple Ooh. movies. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's awesome. One thing that is super cool about all the uh, the kids in the NFT space is they always have other things going on. Like they aren't just in NFTs. They're always doing multiple different variety of things, which is super awesome seeing everyone's stories and how they started, what they're doing now. So Maya, what would be, well, this is my final question. I don't know if Ben has a more. Do you have a question, Ben? Um, You can go first. I have one after. All right. So my question would be to a to a young kid, let's say like an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old that wants to learn about NFTs but is like scared of what it looks like. They think it's just like it's money, you know, it's always a scary topic to the younger audience. They don't really know a lot about money, crypto, finances, taxes, all that stuff. So what would be your piece of advice to just get a kid started in NFTs, just like getting them onboarded onto the NFTs? Um, I think my piece of, of advice would be that they should just explore it because it's new and you can see like people have made millions of dollars. They've changed their lives from NFTs. And so just explore it, like just try and get into it. I know it may be confusing and all of that. It took me actually kind of months to understand it and still took a, a while to do it. But you have to kind of just explore different things if you want to change your life. Most people are not doing this, but if you, if you can do it, everyone who's in NFTs, I can say probably, or a lot of them, or most of them, have kind of changed their lives doing it, as you can see, especially the creators. They've created, they've made more money creating with NFTs than YouTube, Spotify, all these other platforms that you want to be a creator on. So obviously there's potential here. If you work hard, NFTs is like the perfect technology for you to monetize your learnings and everything. Yeah, I think Gary Vee said this. He just said, like, a lot of people call it too complicated just because they don't want to spend, like, the 15 hours learning and researching about it so they understand it pretty well. And that's what you have to do in order to learn uh, a lot about it. So, Ben? Yeah, so, Maya, what's your um, dream v- your dream NFT? If you could have one NFT never sell in the world, what would it be? I think it would be one of the um, one of one utilities for the V friends. So like maybe the Hangout Hawk or the FaceTime Five. Uh, it's basically an NFT where Gary Vaynerchuk, who has ten million plus followers, you can have one of one access to him by buying the NFT. And so that's another reason why NFTs sell for so much money because you can do things like that. So Gary V has ten million followers. You can bet at least one of the followers would pay, say. 100 grand, $1 million to have that NFT and have the one-on-one access to him. Something I want to do one day, you know, be able to chat with him for 90 minutes and I could 
only probably do that by working hard to make money and then buying that NFT. So I want one of those type of, you know, access or utility NFTs by Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, those yeah. are those are those are those are, I remember being in the car. I went to get a haircut and I, I, I was a fan of Gary Vee before that. And I just remember hearing him talk about this was like late 2020, probably mid 2020. And he was just like talking about, oh, bro, I'm going to make this NFT where you can like buy like a, a, you can go to like, like all these different things where you can hang out with Gary Vee with V friends. And this is V friends V1. And I was just like, well, why would someone pay like, like $500 to meet Gary Vee? But you know, it's now, it's now huge. One of the biggest NFT projects ever. And one thing that I thought was funny, Ben, Ben, I, you're, would you say your favorite NFT project is V friends? Yeah. Yeah, I just heard the muscle memory in your uh, in your mouth. You're just like, hey, Maya, what was your favorite v- NFT? Like, you're going to say V-Friend because you always talk about you have a lot of V-Friend friends. So I just heard the muscle memory in, in your mouth. But that was just a funny little detail that I noticed. <laughs> yes, it is muscle memory at this point. Um, oh, by the way, Matt, how was your, uh, what was the highlight of your VCon experience? The highlight, I would say probably, I don't know, maybe it was uh, Snoop Dogg's speech. I, I got a lot of gems, or like out of all the information that was shared there, that speech with him, his son, and Gary was probably the one that I, I liked the most and got the most insights from. So maybe that speech, or Pharrell's speech, at a, I'd say Snoop Dogg, though. Snoop Dogg, what he said about, you know, for him to do something, it has to provide fun and funds. I thought that was amazing. And then yeah. um, his son's quote about that thing, like, first they laugh, then they hate, then they join. I liked uh, those two things that they said. I know you met a lot of people. We were both on that scavenger hunt to, to find autographs and selfies. Who was your favorite person that you met? Of course, Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> that, yeah, he's just... That's, yeah, that's... <laughs> Other, yeah. other than Gary Vee. Other than Gary Vee. Okay, so I would say um, probably Drift. He was super nice. Um, I think, yeah, he was just super nice. And so I just assumed, I saw his collection, Where My Vans Go, that sell for thousands or millions of dollars or whatever. And so I assumed that the person behind that was like just a white older man, like most NFT collections. And so when I was standing uh, listening to him, someone told me that's the person who owns this NFT collection, where my vans go. I was like, what? Because I just assumed it was someone else. I didn't, I, then I just assumed it was someone else. And so I was so surprised and shocked. And I was actually kind of inspired and kind of, um, I kind of felt bad that I thought it was someone else. Um, but it was just kind of inspiring and it was super nice and kind. And I think out of all the people that I met there that I just like meeting, one thing I noticed with a lot of these like successful people is they always like Gary Vee, he took 4,000 plus selfies. He made everyone feel like they were the first one. He talked to so many people. He made everyone feel like, like he was listening and very alert and cared for what they were saying. And that was with every person that I met that was very successful there. And so I think that's something that we can take away. Like just you know, you can see all these successful people they're really good at speaking making sure that they're good listeners rather than they're good speakers as well yeah. obviously but also really good listeners and so i'm trying to grow more in that area where i rant less and maybe listen more i love that and speaking of growing what do you think is in store next for you Maya? what's the future hold for you 
yeah, so I think my podcast is pretty cool. So I think um, learning there, like listening and learning, but also kind of documenting my learnings as well and uh, monetizing it. So it just kills so many birds with one stone. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, I think that's the next thing for me. I love it, Matt. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was really great having you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much.